I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is an official chat and shit disclaimer. Yeah. You might be listening to this thinking, oh my days. Some of this sounds really dated because we're not in lockdown as much anymore. It is. Well, that's fine. It's vintage. Exactly. Some of it was recorded a little while back. Get over it. So just play it. And if you don't like or you think, oh, that's wrong, skip it 15 seconds. Just skip it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, press play now. You are now in tune to the Chat and Shit podcast. Guess what? Guess what? This is a podcast. So what are we doing here today, Hugo? We're doing another classic episode of our podcast. Oh, yeah. And what's the podcast called? It's called Chatting Shit Podcast. Yeah. And why is that? Because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Well, we no, but that's intentional though, isn't it? That's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is, yeah. It, yeah, well, like if, yeah. If it seems like it's shit, then it's probably like that on purpose, isn't it? Yeah, it's meant to be shit. It's shit on purpose. Yeah. Because it's chatting shit. So don't question yeah, it. Just go with it. Just go with it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this one's going to be different because it's our first one uh, with a guest, isn't it? How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm excited, man. And yeah. uh, curious as to what it's going to be like. I know, yeah, same. Um, it's not just any guest; it's oh, an award-winning guest. Oh yeah, no, but let's well, let's save that. Let's save that. First of all, yeah. Not only do you look slightly apprehensive about having a guest, you also look fucking freezing. What's going on? Yeah, there? yeah. I'm in my garage. Yeah, you're wearing a hoodie and a jumper and a woolly hat. Yeah, it's freezing <laughs> in here. <laughs> My son's asleep, and you know the, the show must go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It must, it must. Uh, therefore, life difficulties, as yeah. I say. And plus, you've shaved your head, didn't you? Yeah, I've grown dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say: never trust a white man with dreadlocks. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. So uh, that's what, I'm doing all. it for social distancing purposes. So you got the hoodie on, you got a woolly hat, puffer jacket, and you're ready to roll. Um, now, what else is different about this episode? We got a guest, mate. 
Oh, you're joking. And, and yes. oh, no, no, I'm just trying to just rustling up in my mind. Is this guest someone that's super talented? Yes. Funny? Naturally. Yeah. Bloody tall. And f- good looking man. Oh, God. So, so you're saying sort of model turned actor slash writer slash creator of the BAFTA award winning comedy series, This Country. Yes. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Are you, well, are you saying this is straight out of Siren Sister, yeah. Charlie Cooper? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's here. It's me. Hey. It's the real me. Uh, now we're fucking. Now we're fucking. Yes, nice. Welcome. Make sure you take your shoes off at the door. Because I've just got the cleaner in. And she costs 20 quid an hour. And time is money. And money is mine. How's it going? Your little brown haircut just looks the same. Do you know what? I've got a proper mullet growing at the moment. Nice. A lot of thickness here. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's generally the same. It's, I feel like it's the longest it's ever been, but maybe it's just feels like. But maybe it just grows out the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a cycling helmet. Yeah, it's like it's fucking it's like an alien shape. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Great, man. I, I rate that, man. I fucking I I trimmed. So mine's just been going like that, yeah. and I just had a shave yesterday and sort of trimmed up my sideburns. So gave myself a little trim. That's all right. Yeah, I had a shaving yeah. accident and shaved. It all <laughs> That's all right. That's great. All my mates are yeah. shaving their heads. So I wish I had a nice shaped head, man. But I've mine's I've got a proper pea head. Like most of my head is <laughs> is covered. By it's, on, it's on display already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, man. But um, yeah, thanks for thanks for um. I was gonna say coming in. Thanks for sort of staying in your yard and having a chat with us. Yeah, really. pleasure. Thanks for joining Thanks for asking. Us. Yeah, nice one, man. When did you start this then? Is this... Well, this is... You're the first guest. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're sorry in advance. Yeah, yeah. Apologies. But if it's if anything's shit, then it's shit on purpose. That's what we're going yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like underproduced. Yeah, yeah, great. I'm not very eloquent. Yeah, so. that's perfect. No, neither are we at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 100%. That's your best guest. That's great. Great. This part of the show is uh, a section where, you know, you people like to do it. Um, I'd like to do it mainly at a dinner party or at the park. It's have a chat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This isn't a lockdown podcast. We already had this idea before, by the yeah. way. So it's not... We're not capitalising on sort of pandemics. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. But saying that, what have you what have you been up to since you just... But you live on your own, bro. Uh, yeah, I do. But I, I've actually, um, just as lockdown was announced, I came to Norwich to uh, stay at my girlfriend's mum. Uh, oh, okay. My girlfriend's here as well, right. obviously. That'd be a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it's been fine. It's been all right, to be honest. It's, um, I'm keeping myself busy. Um... It's sort of quite nice when you don't have the option, you know, you don't, when your choices are limited, you can really sort of do the stuff that you, I normally neglect when I'm really busy. Yeah. That's quite nice. Been um, yeah. buying shit online, loads of shit online. Yeah, um, like? I bought a, <laughs> bought a mug last night. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, i about 15 mugs. But, um, but I've been buying so much that, um, when the postman comes in the morning, I, I've forgotten what I've ordered. So yeah. it feels like I'm getting a present every day. I got a pizza oven through today. Pizza oven? Which is cool. Well, outdoor one or an indoor? 
Yeah, yeah, outdoor, outdoor, yeah. The, the ordering stuff, man. Like, I've been doing so much of that myself, man. It's, uh, it's, keeping, it's keeping me going, to be honest. Have you been cooking? Do you cook? Yeah, I do, yeah. I've been doing, yeah, as much as I can, really. Made pasta, which I was really proud about. But then I, I made some uh, ravioli, but it was, it was so thick. It was like eating, like, a whole pit of breads. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't cook it long enough, and it was, it was awful. And I knew um, my girlfriend's mum was just sort of... <laughs> I looked on her trying to chew it and she, like, bless her, she ate the whole thing to not make me feel bad. But, yeah, that, that was a disaster. But generally, yeah, I do love it. But again, yes, you know, I wouldn't do as much, you know, if I was busy and, you know, going out and working and stuff. So that's been really nice. But, um, yeah, and doing chores, painting the fence. It feels like I've retired yeah. a little bit, like semi-retired. Yeah, yeah. Just pottering <laughs> around in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite nice, though, isn't it? I suppose, especially with, with like, the industry that we're in, it's like... It's constant, like, you know, usually it's like meetings yeah. and, and, and writing and, and emails. And it's like, although, like, it is a tough time and, and I'm not taking anything away from that. But, like, it's nice for, you know, like, knock on wood, if everyone's health, you know, yeah. everyone, if, if you're not in a bad way, then, then it's nice to be able to actually just, like, live life a little bit rather than just focusing on everything yeah, yeah. else sort of thing. You know? No, it puts things in perspective and it, you, yeah, yeah. You, you find the joy in sort of the mundane activities and yeah. you know, I've tried to, I mean, I haven't been working much. This last week I sort of have been in the first four weeks yeah. I've just been procrastinating so much, but uh, yeah, it's finding your little routines and stuff is, is helped. Yeah. No, I'm enjoying Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's all right. It's up and down. but I, I liked it because things got cancelled. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the fact things got cancelled. Like, yeah. range of yeah. life, normally have to go to, but I hate going to. Because imagine how many meetings we go to where where nothing really gets said, and and you've gone all the way into central, and you're like, yeah. what, what am I doing? It's a lot of sort of dead air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the fact, definitely, that, you know, stuff you can do stuff from home now you can fucking you don't have to have a meeting yeah. fucking in London you can just do it on the phone or yeah, yeah. you can hang out in 10 minutes that's probably yeah. that's going to change for a long time as people realising you know oh, 100% I'm probably jumping a bit but have you been to America and had meetings there no I haven't but I imagine they're amazing they're, they're like um, confidence building <laughs> fucking you think after that you are going to yeah the first one we went to we were like Brilliant! Fucking what we've been fucking about in England for so long. This, yeah. We this are is so it. fucking important. It's mad. Come of it after? Nothing. Nothing. This is um, a very useful part of the show um, for when you um, need things to do. It's the recommendation part. Where you've been sort of, uh, I know you said you've been cooking and, yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. Have you been, uh, like, have you been, you got any recommendations of stuff you've been, I don't know, like watching, reading, listening to? Yeah, I um, watch Unorthodox on Netflix. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Really good. It's only four episodes, but the script's brilliant and, yeah, really good acting. Yeah, it's about Hasidic Jews in New York and, yeah, it's fascinating. But um, really recommend yeah. that. Yeah. What's Midsummer? Have you seen that, the film? Yes. Oh, mate. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, I didn't love it. I hated it, but it was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like normally when I'm when when we're writing, we're quite busy. That's the one thing I don't do is watch stuff, like especially script. Yeah, because it always reminds me of work, and I just always want to get. Yeah. So I watch loads of documentaries, but at the moment I've been watching. Yeah, just like 
I've been watching classic films that I've never seen before, like Goodfellas, I saw the other day. So good. Yeah. One Flew Whose Nest I hadn't seen. I haven't seen that. I, I I'm the same with you, though. There's a few classics that I haven't seen. Yeah. That I'm embarrassed about. So I'm really embarrassed about it. But I, yeah, so I've been ticking them off, which is really nice. But um, what else? So Get Out as well. That was a bit of a mind fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's really good. But yeah, it's been great having that time just to get really like absorbed in stuff. And I'm going to start with Sopranos yeah. as well. I haven't seen that before. Which one? The Sopranos. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been bang on that, man. Uh, do you know what? I, I started it maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, no spoilers, but like he, you know, I mean, it's a known thing. He goes to see a therapist there because he has panic attacks. Yeah. And uh, it was around the time where I started getting like panic attacks and anxiety. So I was like, every time I watched it, I was like, oh God, I, I can't actually watch this anymore. So, so I got up to like series four, tortured myself. Yeah. And then recently on this lockdown, I'm like, I started again. I'm on series six now. It's amazing. Man. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I love it. But I found that I would think in my mind of dealing with a scenario like Tony Soprano, like oh, yeah. smashing someone's face into a table a hundred times. <laughs> something tiny, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I, I have finished it, but I had to watch it slowly. Do you get that in meetings when you think it's like you'd be chatting to someone, you think, what would happen now if I just slammed your head into the table? <laughs> yeah, 100%. What would, 100%. You would you walk out or would you, would you just laugh? <laughs> but it's fucking tempting. Yeah. And also, yes, if you did do that, it's, it's kind of, I have this thought of like, if I did do that, would that be maybe a, a, the start of a new me that everyone listens to and maybe I could get away with it? Yeah, like how I should have started it like that. Yeah, <laughs> build up a reputation like that. You've got... Like, yeah, yeah. Just smashing people up, I suppose. The thing with Cedra is he doesn't take any meeting seriously at all. So, like, the levels of fucking around. He does this thing, yeah, where he repeats what the person's just said. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just, I, I think, um, I guess I get bored quickly and it's a way of making them interesting, isn't it? But smashing someone's head could be just as good. That's something I could maybe incorporate into it, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be dramatic. What have you been yeah. watching? What have you guys been watching? Um, so Sopranos, um, Tiger King as well. I know everyone's talking about it, but I only just got onto it. But it's fuck. Have you seen it? Yeah, so good. Yeah, amazing, man. Have you seen um, uh, Capturing the Freedmen's documentary? No, oh, that's really good. That's really dark. But again, it was the same sort of thing where I think it's on Netflix. But um, okay, documentary maker was just like a real sort of low time guy, and he was he was doing a documentary about a guy who was at clown school or something. And then he was filming with him for a few weeks and then, like, discovered this sort of story about his family. And then the whole documentary ended up becoming about... I mean, I won't ruin it for you if you haven't seen it, but I recommend that, Capturing the Freedmans. Yeah, yeah, I'll check that out, man. I mean, it's really fucking dark by the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's American, so you, it feels like you can only get those characters in America. It's just... I know, yeah. Like, yeah. With Tiger King, that, that real, like... Trump voting, you know, gun shooting, yeah. like proper yokels that, you know, it's just, it's scary. Like, it, they're all, you couldn't write those characters. If you did that, you'd be like, it's too much. They're too big. Yeah. 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 100%. You'd be in a writer's room and they'd go, I don't know if I'd buy that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Believable. Yeah. Have you seen King of Kong? No, I haven't. No. Oh, that's fucking amazing. That's amazing. But like, similar in the sense of, you know, like you say, you know, it would only happen in America kind of thing. Yeah. 
there's this guy that basically tries to be the best at at, uh, at Donkey Kong, oh. and then he has like he has like an arch nemesis who has long black hair that runs his own hot sauce company. It's and it's all real. It's, it's yeah. amazing, man. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, what's that? All right, cool. Well, um, let's get on to how you started. I mean, like, did you have like a vision or a dream to be, to work in the creative industry? Like, I know you were a model before as well. How did it all come about? A bad one. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I never had any, I mean, I've always loved comedy, been really passionate about it and, you know, watched anything that was going, but never, never in my wildest dreams imagined I'd end up writing or acting. And it was sort of yeah. happened really naturally, to be honest. I went to uni initially and did sports science. Fuck knows why, but I absolutely nice. hate Personal it. trainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked like a noodle. I couldn't fucking... <laughs> uh, I basically, I went... I Well, I came out of college and all my mates were going to uni. It was one of those where you don't know at that age, you don't know what you want to do. Yeah, and of course. I sort of panicked, really. I, I liked football and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do sports science and a job come from that and, and I was on a sports campus and like surrounded by hockey players and rugby players just not my crowd and they were like into drinking yeah. games and fucking just getting smashed and so I mean I, I like getting smashed <laughs> <laughs> and yeah just hated it and I, I, I was there for two years before I dropped yeah. out and um, I remember my first uh, first night out in freshers remember I got, I got really pissed and got kicked out of the club for being sick in the urinal. And then <laughs> I was walking home and got lost because it was like first day, so you don't, you don't know where you live. And it was, I was so, so pissed. It's like, you, you know, when you just can't, you can't even, you can barely see, you can sort of see shapes. I remember like bumping into a group of like students who sort of were helping me get home. And all I remember hearing was one of the girls say, oh my God, look how much he's been sick down his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of the tone for the next two years I just hated it I just never really fit in and I, I didn't really go to lectures that much I got hooked on those um, roulette machines in the bookies at Ladbrokes oh wow that's <laughs> such a strange student story to get to become a gambler for a bit I had a mate that said that he could tell what number it was going to land on from the animation after you really have paid everyone's yeah. like that but what, did he yeah. get any money? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but, um, and then I remember just ringing my sister and just like, you know, Daisy's just saying, look, I hate it so much. And she said, look, come to, she was studying drama at the time in London. And she said, come up and stay with me for the weekend in London. And, you know, we'll talk about it and stuff. And so I did. And then I, you know, I was meant to stay for the weekend and then ended up staying for a year and just never went back to uni. Oh, wow. I left yeah. all my stuff in my, in my room. Uh, at uni and yeah. I went back for it which is quite liberating yeah that's I saw my clothes are there so. <laughs> still there start my walk everyone moves in every year they're like that's uh, Charlie Cooper's clothes so leave that there it's like a shrine yeah don't true. touch the shirt with the stick on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then yeah just stayed stayed there for a year and we, we sort of shared this tiny little room it was like it was in the centre uh, centre of London and she was in her last year at uh, drama school. And, yeah. and we've always been close growing up, but I think when we were teenagers, we sort of became a bit distant. You know, you go separate ways and stuff. Yeah. And then we sort of got really close again. And, you know, the one thing that we've always had in common was humour. And 
you know, we always found the same things funny and it was, it was always the best way we communicated with each other. Nice. And then that was sort of the genesis of like this country, really. We, we talk about home and because obviously we're from a tiny place in the Cotswolds. And we talk about characters we knew, friends we knew. And it's just to sort of stop us from being homesick. And we'd get mum to send up the local paper, you know, the shitty sort of... Oh, really? That's amazing. What, just for inspiration? Just to read it and, you know, because the like, front page, it was like, you know, fucking cats get stuck up a tree or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where I live, they have a local paper and it's oh, amazing. It's amazing. You don't realise how much you miss it until you, you're out of your... How did you find it growing up there? Because, like, is it Sirencester? Yeah, is that what it's, it's called? Sort of southwest England. It's about a few hours from London, about two hour, two and a half hour drive. So it's not too far, but it still feels, like, quite in the stick. Yeah. Not a lot happening. You're out of it. Yeah, definitely. But, um... Yeah, and it was one of those you sort of had to make your own entertainment. There was nothing going on. Just like a stick with a ball on it. But yeah, I, I used to go, <laughs> me and my mate used to go and find porno mags in the bottle bank. <laughs> we, we had to, we, surprisingly, we found quite a lot. <laughs> but it was, yeah, all, all the stuff that ended up being in this country, to be honest, was the stuff that we did. So, right, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, when it came to writing the show, it was just, it was so autobiographical, is that the word? So it was quite easy in that respect. But, um, no, because of course, another famous thing I like to say in the writer's room is write about what you know, Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's a good one, isn't it? It's, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Maybe a bit on the nose. Yeah, yeah. How does yeah. fucking Steven Spielberg do it then? Just write about what you know. Yeah, fucking alien. <laughs> alien friend. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of like us as well. We we never wanted to or never thought it was even a possibility to be an actor or, or, or anything like that. But but uh, I guess maybe subconsciously because you're such a comedy fan sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like, you said you were like watching a lot of comedies and stuff like like growing up, like you and your sister, like what did you have like comedies you watched together that you had uh, like in common and stuff that inspired you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, like, The Office obviously was like the biggest. Yeah. And like for me, like the greatest comedy ever, I think. Um, yeah, same. Alan Park, hundred percent. Pete Show, Royal Family, Brass Up, Day to Day, like yeah. everything. And that's sick. And we, and because when we were in London, we didn't have um, computers at the time, so we just had this like tiny little um, DVD player that you just put CDs yeah. in, and we just watched stuff on there. We'd go to HMV, you know, we didn't have much money, but we'd buy, you know, some sort of shitty B movie or comedy and take it home and watch it and. This was sort of before we knew we were going to write anything. We just, that's all we yeah. did. We sort of, sort of became obsessed with it. And then it wasn't until um, Daisy finished drama school and we both moved home back in with our parents, which was sort of a bit of a shock, you know, having a few years yeah. in and having to move back. And then Daisy wasn't getting any work, um, any drama work. And our dad was like, look, why don't you write something that she can be in? just make most of the time that you're not doing anything. And I literally wasn't doing anything. I was doing sort of part-time at Argos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and stuff like that. And so it was, yeah, it, it happened really naturally. And then we just started writing a, sort of a handful of characters that sort of we really, um, really made us laugh, from, sort of based on people we knew in town and went yeah. to school with. And then, yeah, it went from there, really. We sort of wrote a little script and sent it off to production companies. Sorry to interrupt, just to skip back. Um, Like, how did you even know how to write a script? Like, how was that even a possibility? Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, we didn't. We didn't really. We just did. We just started. I think that's the best way to do it. We didn't. Yeah. We didn't research or ask much advice. We literally just like the only characters we had then was Carrie, Carrie's mum, and a character called Dale, which ended up sort of being cut. And and we. Oh, okay. So we didn't provide a lot of stuff, and obviously Daisy would do the voice for the mum. So we just record that on a little tape recorder, and. Just film our own little scenes, really, and put them on YouTube. Not that anyone was watching, but it was yeah. sort of a good way of like finding those characters, I suppose. And and when we started, yeah. we were shit. Like we weren't funny. We there was a glimmer of something, but like you know, it took us so long to get it right. Into you know, it's something that you you just you got to keep doing to get better at. But um, yeah, but yeah, and then we yeah we, we literally did like a ten page script or something like that and submitted it along with a few videos to production companies and got a little bit of interest. And then, um, and then we, yeah, went for meetings in London, which was like a huge thing for us, like in a national express. And, yeah. yeah. And it was those meetings, you know, it's like something out of a movie going yeah. in these big fucking producers and their like offices and like, it's fucking nuts. And then, yeah. um, yeah, we started developing the, the idea for a show for, for quite a while with one company. It was sort of a branch of like a bigger company, a big American production company. And up until the point we got a pilot commission by ITV. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing. And, um, but then it, yeah, it sort of things started to go wrong before then really, because we were developing the show, but we sort of compromised on loads of stuff and the producers, I don't think ever really got what we wanted and, stuff like they always wanted the mum to be seen and they didn't think it would ever work, you know, just as a voice, mm-hmm. which is mental yeah. right now, but, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, we, we sort of, we compromised on loads of stuff and the show became, it was a bit like, have you seen in extras with Andy Millman? When he does his, yeah, own, exactly, you know, yeah. He was exactly <laughs> like that. Fuck, man. And that's heartbreaking, isn't it? Like when you've been working on something for so long and you, and, you know, by the sounds of it, your vision is so clear because you, you, you're into a specific type of comedy. So, you know, it's like you want it to be like this. Yeah. And then and then, and then having it sort of taken out of your hands a bit can, can oh, be heartbreaking. Really? And do you think, not, not to send shots, but like, I guess ITV is a different kind of channel, you know? So like... Yeah, yeah. it wasn't the right home for it. But I think... Yeah, yeah. We... Um, and the thing is, you... And that was sort of engineered by the producer at the time who wanted us to go with ITV. Are you mates with him now? No, absolutely not. No, he's a complete dickhead. <laughs> complete dickhead. And do you know what, Charlie? If I see him, I'm going to smash his head on the table for you. Mate, that'd be fucking brilliant. Right. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you film it as so. well. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll film it. Dressed as Tony Soprano. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just so people know it's a joke. Yeah. Like a velour dealer tracksuit. Yeah, exactly. But no, sorry, man. So like, so yeah, so so when that happened, like it kind of felt like it got taken out of your hand, yeah? yeah. And you put so much trust in in these people that, you know, you've been in the industry for ages and you, you think that they know better than you do. And so we sort of, yeah. yeah, we went along with it and, you know, stuff got taken out. Like we, we me and Daisy love being really specific with jokes and like some of the references we do are always quite obscure. And you know they would all mm-hmm. say, "Oh, no one's going to get it." And it ended up becoming a really broad comedy. I, I can't even. The pilot was so bad, I can't even describe it. It was like, it, like the first note was like, "Carrying, carrying Kurt and the two unlikable." 
Um, right. So you, you can't you can't have them you know swearing. You can't have them nicking something from the shop because no one's. Oh man, fucking hell! It was those flaws that make them likable in the end. Of course, yeah. They became like characters out of fucking Glee or something like that. Yeah, Glee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. And um, oh, yeah, and then it got dropped by ITV, and it wasn't any fault of ITV, and it was fucking, which was heartbreaking for us. And then, um, and then eventually, production company dropped us, um, which is sort of a good thing, I suppose. When you say good thing, it's it was a good thing in the long run. But how did you feel at the time? Did you feel kind of like lost, or did you feel like a weight had been lifted off your shoulders, sort of thing? A bit of both, I think. We went through every emotion. I think initially we were quite shocked, and it was sort of everything had been gearing up to that point, and we were so hopeful for a series to get commissioned after that pilot. And then when we got the news, it was just, yeah, it was like, you know, fucking shell shocks. And the production, yeah, when the production company dropped us, you know, we sort of, yeah, we were on our own. We didn't, we hadn't, Daisy had an agent, but he was a bit useless and sort of forgot who she was. And so we were really on our own at that point. So it was really, um, when we started again, basically, we just sort of, um, we threw out a lot. We sort of made a, you know, pack to ourselves that we wouldn't get us find ourselves in the same situation and we wouldn't compromise next time so we mm-hmm. i think we we had known that shane allen at bbc he's like head of comedy yeah he'd seen our stuff before and liked it so we managed to get hold of his email and just emailed him just like in sort of desperation saying is there any chance we can come in for a meeting we've we've been fucked over or at least we feel like we've been fucked over but that's amazing like, we feel like we've got something and and Daisy in the email put, um, I'll dress as a karate kid and stand outside your office every day until you agree to come meet us. <laughs> and he replied, what? Don't do that. It's coming from me. <laughs> That's amazing. Which, Fucking hell. Which is, yeah, brilliant. Do you know what? It's, it's, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Using comedy as a way to sort of penetrate your way in is amazing, man. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, no, because I, I, I remember I remember saying, I was like, don't do that, don't play that. She was like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we went for a meeting and then he we talked about what we wanted to do, what had happened and, you know, the mistakes we made. And he was, and then he just commissioned the series sort of on the spot, really. And we we're like, what? Wow. You sure you don't want to do a pilot? He's like, no, you've done a pilot. You've learned from that. And wow. That was fucking amazing. And he, like, credit to Shane Allen, he is quite sort of old school in that way, that if he finds yeah. talent, he'll back it if he likes you yeah. and that was always amazing yeah. and he always supported us and without him fuck knows where we'd be so um, yeah. yeah credit to him oh that's sick man he's yeah. a G hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Right about now, you are locked into the legendary chat and shit podcast lot with Alan Seep and Mustafa. You go check with and a nice little special guest there. So kick back, tune in and listen. You might hear something you like. You so say you lot, you lot won the BAFTA? Yeah. In, well, you, you, it was best series, was it 2018? Yes, yeah. Best scripted comedy? Yeah. Um, which is amazing. Congratulations and complete, well deserved as well. It's like an amazing series. Yeah. And you got, you guys got the writers one as well, right? Yeah, the writers one. Yeah, last year. Yeah, so yeah, sick. amazing, amazing. But I remember the reason I I bring it up is because uh, uh, I remember you guys shouting out Shane uh, on your speeches. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah, every time, and and that makes a lot of sense because like it's one thing. Uh, like having a production company do it for you and kind of never meeting those people and feeling like, okay, it's nice that they commissioned it, but you weren't actually there. Whereas like you guys had that direct connection. So, so I guess it, it means a lot that that person like took a chance on you guys really, didn't it? Yeah. And it's difficult when you're, when you're a production company, you're, yeah, there's sort of the middleman and, and it, we, yeah. it was a situation where that company itself wasn't doing very well. So they were trying to get anything commissioned and, to be fair, yeah. they were just trying, you know, to to change the show and what they thought would be an easy, you know, series commission. Yeah. Cash yeah. cow. Yeah. yeah, like meat grinder type comedy sort of thing. Just yeah. going in and out. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. because they had like a American, um, it was owned by an American company. So all the scripts had to be signed off by like American execs that we'd never met. And who, right. They didn't know the Cotswolds or anything like that. Yeah. Where the fuck's Cotswolds? Like when you Cotswolds. when you see <laughs> when, when we did the pilot, it got sent to the Americans and they watched it. And one of their notes came back and it was the the cast are too ugly. Fucking hell! Wow. <laughs> we need some hot guys. This was before I was in it. <laughs> My sister was the lead, and I was for I was to be fair, pretty accurate to be honest. <laughs> but, no. And then that's why that's why they put a model in it. Yeah, yeah, get the big guns out. To balance it out. Yeah. When you done your pilot, like, I felt when we done ours, I was actually really scared because, like, even just a guy putting his hand up my top, putting the mic in, yeah. like, like surrounded by people. Yeah, because ours went from, like, doing stuff on YouTube with just literally the five of us yeah. to suddenly yeah. minimum 30 people around you at any time sort of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, and get, um, getting the sides as well. Yeah, sides. Yeah. I, don't know what I didn't know what sides were. 
I was like, have you got the mini script thing? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, what? Yeah. I remember me and you had to do a walking scene and they were like, okay, guys, um, just wait there. And they were like rolling and then we just went into the scene. They were like, no, no, you go on action. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, right. We were so out of our depth. And like even Daisy, who went to drama school, she was yeah. like, they don't even teach you these things. Like the pra- like practicalities right. of being in something or even like yeah. being in an audition, like what had the process, what happens? And so both of us yeah. were sort of, yeah, like totally out of our depth. So you did a pilot as well, yeah. and then did you did a pilot that we all hated? Yeah, yeah, the same as you. Like, I mean, it wasn't not in the sense like it's no one's fault either with our one. It wasn't so much like taken out of our hands. It was more that like I guess we were just really learning. We did. I, I remember it being. I think it was like fourteen drafts for the script. You know, like yeah. there's so many people involved, and 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 like you said, you, you don't know who to listen to and who to where to pick your battles and yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. They would suggest things on the day, the director of the pilot. And like now I would be like, nah, he wouldn't do that. And that's wrong. Yeah. But at the time I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever you so, want. Yeah. Like, you sort of learn, don't you? And also I think the, 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 the director that we had, like, so basically what the difference was, we got a new director for the series. So yeah. that, that's how we kind of all changed. And, and we sort of, created this new bond with with our director who's like now our like our fa- you know part of family you know but yeah. but before it was just um someone that we sort of hardly knew um didn't have much time before it uh, we'd done nothing obviously and he was maybe a little bit set in his ways because he's a bit older as well and uh and I think he was imagining it to be look more like a sort of you know how Made in Chelsea is more of a fake documentary yeah. rather than a yeah a classic like the office yeah. style sort yeah. of thing we, yeah, so, so so like yeah. So when we saw the edit, it looked like a fucking advert. It was like like everything was so yeah, fast, yeah. and like there's no time to breathe. And like yeah, I think even to this day, like I wish it could be slower as well. But but I think because there's five leads in our one, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to like you've got to cram everyone's story in, man. And that's what's so brilliant yeah, about this country is that it focuses mainly on you two guys, and you've got so much more room to breathe and. And I love the way it's shot as well. It's like it's like you've got so many nice, dirty shots that make it look like more like and, and candid shots that make it look more yeah, like a character driven. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. Yeah, more character driven. Yeah, yeah. It was weird because we initially we didn't intend it to be a mockumentary. We wanted it to be oh, okay. like a mockumentary and feel like oh. real and have lots of improv and you know talking over each other and stuff like that. But then yeah. it was our producer Simon. He was when we went to the BBC, it was like, it's got to be a mockumentary. It's got to, and, and that's when the idea that it, we would package it as like a sort of hard hitting BBC documentary about sort of youth in, you know, countryside. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a serious documentary getting undercut by fucking, you know, carrying curtain was just sort of so yeah. easy. It felt so simple and so easy. And I think that's something yeah. we had made before was always trying to make it too complicated. And again, the pilot was, uh, the whole storyline of that was that Kerry had a love interest and it was really, it was a mm. bit weird, but thinking about it now, it was just totally wrong and it's just totally got in the yeah. way of all the comedy. It's, it's funny though, isn't it? The things you look back at that, that they're actually at the time because you, everyone's overthinking it so much. It yeah. becomes like a mental story when actually, especially with stuff like this, man, and, and, and you know, tribute to the office as well i think what we both do is a massive tribute to the office yeah. isn't it 
like without that comedy and sort of um, style wise, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. But like all of that sort of stuff, it's just simple storylines and it's more about the characters, you know? Totally. And it's real life. It's like, you know, the fact real life yeah. is not a lot happens. You know, you might yeah. be obsessed with finding what, what happened to an old schoolmate in year seven you haven't seen. Yeah, I love that episode. Just like, but it's yeah. Like, it's all the stuff we, that we did. Salamander. <laughs> Sometimes I like to put a kettle on. And once I hear that click, I pour it out into a cup and I sit down. And all I want to do is chat. You guys, obviously, you work with your sister. Um, yeah, Daisy Cooper, amazing, super talented, and your dad's in there as well, as her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Martin Mutter, <laughs> is he's a horrible bastard. He is. Um, no, but like, so, so, and I heard there was other people that you're friends with or or, or have in there. Yeah, loads, basically. Um, so uh, Len, um, sort of vagrant, he's our uncle, but he's been a job and actor for like years. Oh, okay, so he's like a professional of the family, and then. Our dad plays Martin Mucklow, yeah. uh, who's Harry's dad. And then uh, we had a, a mate, Michael Sleggs, who played Slugs. And uh, he was yeah. a mate from school who's like a couple of years above, yeah. who, who was always a bit weird. <laughs> and we wrote the character about him. And then uh, when it came to casting, we were casting loads of different people and it just didn't feel right. And then it just got to the point of like, okay, let's see if he can do it. Like the actual guy who it's based on. Yeah, And we got him in for a casting he was brilliant he was so natural and there were a lot of I mean my dad hadn't had acting experience either but I think doing a mockumentary is such a good format for comedy because you yeah. can just as you're real yeah. and truthful and don't try and play for last too much you can sort of get away with it and like my dad could do the accent it was like little things like that yeah. you know made the world feel just authentic in like a, a place that does exist so your dad never uh, did your dad uh, he hadn't worked as an actor or in the industry or anything like that. No, like, he's always been a massive show off, but he's never he's never acted. <laughs> he is the biggest David Brent yeah. you'll ever meet. Like a gen- genuine David Brent. Amazing. <laughs> he used to be the manager of our football team when we were kids, yeah. and he used to be in like the seventies and eighties. He was like in a real shit local band. Yeah, that he always goes on about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he claims that um, the record this record company approached him and. It was down. They were going to sign one more band for that quote, uh, for that year, and it was between his <laughs> band and then a band called Iron Maiden. That was- <laughs> oh. Yeah, but guess which one they signed. <laughs> and uh, when he was manager of our football team, I was about six. He, he wrote. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so David Brent. He wrote this charity song about football, about playing football. Yeah, and uh, it was like on local news and stuff. Sick. And, like, he's always had, like, a series of really shitty jobs. Like, he's been, like, a, mostly in sales, and he's never been good at it, never earned that much money. Yeah. And um, so he's always been a performer in the back of his head somewhere. Yeah. And well, basically, he's just a massive narcissist. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, so, but he was great. And, he, again, so natural. And, um, and, again, that was a character that we didn't plan on showing that much and then as we were writing the series became just a bigger thing because it was like well what does Kerry really want all she wants is you know to be the affection from her dad and it was just as simple as that and it was which was quite yeah sort of an accident I suppose and then yeah Michael Sleggs who unfortunately passed away last summer just before we did the third series and 
he'd had sort of health problems for years and um, was quite severely ill when he was younger, but managed to pull through. And um, again, when we were writing that character, we sort of made it as truthful as we could to to him, really. And I think we're all like all the actors in this country. We're, I mean, we're pretty much we're not far from the characters we play. Yes. And I think that is, you know, the vicar is fucking just as nice as a vicar, if not nicer. <laughs> Mandy is just as well. Ashley, who plays Mandy, <laughs> is fucking more terrifying than than Mandy. Do you guys? Um... Like with people just do nothing, we're super specific about like all the fine details, which I'm, I can see you guys are. But like the clothing and stuff, do you guys yeah pick what they wear and things like that? Yeah, totally. And I think I mean because most of the characters were based on sort of the people we knew from town, mm. so. Yeah. already you knew what they dressed like and when it came to clothing the characters it was like well Kerry's always going to be in a football shirt because that's what the real Kerry was yeah. always wearing yeah. so again it was quite straightforward and Curtin was just you know I love Curtin's clothes oh, it was like a super dry jacket it's so fun like Osiris type uh, <laughs> skate shoes type <laughs> yeah, yeah I love that it's so chunky <laughs> Uh, everything I used to wear as well yeah. no fear yeah that's the same with us as well but again like I, yeah for that for the first series it just basically went all around all the charity shops and sciences no. and just there was a wealth of no oh, fear man. just in every yeah. and because there's there's one um, there's one sort of men's clothing shop mm-hmm. in our town called oh, Burton's yeah. it's obviously shit like oh, really yeah, middle of the road and there's one nightclub, so you know when we used to go to the nightclub, all the lads would be in the same Burton shirt that you could get from that shop. It was so bad. But um, is it like a sort of Burton shirt, bootcut jeans, and a super dry jacket? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super dry, massive. Oh mate, yeah. Where so, I live, it's huge. But again, it's in every charity shop. You'll find like ten fucking super dry jackets, <laughs> or it's just. It's like, Did it, did it become, like, with People See Nothing, it was really, like, slow build-up and, and it wasn't, like, an overnight success. How was it with this country? Did you um, did you feel, like, a massive impact the first time it went out, like, the, the actual series on, on BBC? Um, not really, yeah. It came out, I mean, it wasn't that long after BBC Three had gone online. So, yeah, so, yeah it felt like not a lot of people had watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember the first night it came out. Me and Daisy sat in a room just typing hashtag this country, <laughs> <laughs> and like nothing coming up. Or, like one person tweeting going, "This looks shit, this country." Um, but yeah, that was. I mean, that's the great thing about social media. It's well, a good and bad thing is that you get that instant feedback. Yeah, yeah. And if you're brave enough, you can look up, you know, whatever anyone's ever written about yeah, you. Which to begin that. with, was like it was mixed and and but. I, I mean, we, we were really proud of what we had, and and I think um, that was the comfort, really. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was a slow burn. I think it took people a while to come onto it, and I think we had to rely a lot on just word of mouth, really. Yeah. Um, because there wasn't any money in the budget to advertise it, but I think it, I mean, it only really feels it stepped up a level after series three, really. Yeah. But it had like a strong cult following. Yeah, that's the thing, and 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 I remember it being. Um just like it was massive in the industry like like anyone anyone that knew what they were talking about loved it so, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? and then like like and of course all these things are going to be so and, it, and it's not the fucking andy millman fucking mrs brown's boys 
uh, BBC One show. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you almost, I mean, I know with us as well, it's not about everyone seeing it and everyone loving it. It's about being proud of it, but also yeah. wanting those people to see something that you worked so hard on as well. Yeah. Wanting to give it a good platform for people to see yeah, it, yeah, basically. Yeah. The biggest thing for me was just if my mates liked it. If they didn't like yeah. it, I would be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a good point, man. And like, and they luckily they did, and it was it was all right. But um, you, know the you don't really talk to anymore because you've made it now. So fuck them, innit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You're way better. <laughs> than you're yeah. yeah, I needed you guys back then, but I definitely don't. <laughs> definitely know. don't know. Not in my girlfriend's mum's in Norwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's good. I mean, it's just it's been like over the last few years. It's been just, fuck it. Even going to the Baptists and yeah. that for when we met you guys, and yeah. it was just like you know because we fucking idolised you. And seeing you there, I was so fucking intimidated seeing you. No, I you know, you, man. Yeah, you're in a place yeah. full of people you've like grown up watching on TV. Yeah. Like, genuinely yeah. starstruck. It's like fucking hell, this is nuts. Yeah. And then people coming up to you, you know, saying, oh, "I love the show." Fucking Ant and Deck, yeah, and yeah. That, people like that. <laughs> yeah, we had um, Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, uh, Phil Mitchell behind us. That's- Oh, we I thought you said he was a fan of the show because he know, was it? They have no idea we are. God, no. But yes, yeah. like, I remember seeing uh, David Mitchell and just being like, fuck, Mark from Pete's show. This is mental. I feel like we're not meant to be there. Yeah, That's yeah, I feel. totally. That's how I felt. We we both felt like imposters. Like we was all like, yeah. we'd won a competition. Yeah. But then I was speaking with someone who was like, don't worry, uh, everyone in this building will be feeling the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm like, what, oh, Anand Deck? That, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's absolute bollocks, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You, what, you won yours. Was that the first BAFTA you went to? Uh, you got- yeah, no, we went. We got nominated one year. I, I think it was the 2016. Year we got nominated and didn't get yeah. didn't get anything. And um, 2017 is is when we won um, for best scripted. And then and then we went when we saw you. Uh, it, Atom was nominated, so we were just there oh, as, as like with him as support kind of thing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, man, like no, yeah, we felt exactly the same. And and actually, because we didn't win anything the first time we went, it was like it, we really felt like we didn't belong. Do you know what I mean? Like like we were, yeah. and we didn't win. We were like, oh man, it's feel a bit like a bit of a dickhead, sort of like, like I don't really? know if my suit fits me properly. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I think the best year we had was the year we met you because uh, there was no pressure. We weren't weren't up for anything, which obviously I'm not saying that's a good thing. We we would have loved to, but you know, like at that point, it was just more about having a bit of fun, sort of thing, um, and supporting kind of thing. Yeah. And what what did you when you won? What did you did you go fucking nuts? Oh man, it was fucking insane. Yeah, I remember we. um, Yeah, we just. That it was it, Ash was meant to do the speech and we were like well, well we want to do you know what I mean like we started on our own on YouTube so like we yeah. kind of did he's like alright so um, we we sort of ran straight onto stage and uh, I, t- I, didn't, I didn't know what I was going to say man I know people say this like, I didn't know what I was going to say but honestly I thought like oh, I, I can improv anyway in real life so yeah no, I'll, I'll just grab the mic and say something witty probably and I was just like oh, uh, thanks um, uh, 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 kept fucking stuttering and I was like because we started this on YouTube and now we're here and then I looked at the boys I was like does any of you want and to then, and they're just like nah and then Ash comes over man and grabs the mic mate. Right? yeah it's it was pathetic. It's on YouTube, man. I can't even watch it, but yeah. I, I just went pure corruption at the end and the mic got cut off. So it went, yeah. Great. 
Wow, DJ Ostrich, why you stop the show? Well, I'll tell you, bro, this is the most important part. It's the question everybody wants to know. No, it is not what is your favorite jean fit. No, it is not what is your favorite size inch television. It's what is your favorite sandwich? Is it chicken? Is it shalami? Is it cheese? Is it ham? Is it pickle? Is it jam? These are all questions I'm sure you are thinking. But right now you're gonna find out on the Challenge Shit Podcast. Yeah, baby, come on. Charlie, we've uh, we've come to the end of your journey. Uh, wow. I'm doing all right. I sound like uh, I'm doing a proper interview, innit? And um, I feel like we've covered everything. But one of the I've, we've we've always got a question that we have to ask all our guests. What's your favourite sandwich? Uh, uh, beef. Oh, no. Fried beef sandwich. Nice. No butter, nothing. Is this like a first thing in your head thing? Oh, no, no. No, it doesn't need to be. But let's leave it at that, though. Beef sandwich is amazing. No, it's still my favourite. You know, I like to think that your local newspaper, that's going to be a headline. Charlie Cooper loves the beef sandwich. Mm. (laughs) If it's it's not a dry beef sandwich, what would it be? Um... Uh, Jesus. Um, you can go like bread, everything. You know, you can you can talk talk me through it. You can finesse chicken salad, tomato sandwich. Nice. You know, a bit of mayo, a bit of pepper. Yeah, yeah, I love that. A bit of Caesar salad dressing as well. Nice. It's nice. Ooh, nice. nice. And Charlie, you'd be shocked to know that was in my top three sandwiches. It's number three. So. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. We've got so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, sweet. And um, for the last part of the show. It's the segment we like to call The Guest Asks Up Three Questions. The three questions. Three questions. Do, do I have to ask different questions? Well, if it tailors both of us, then you can just do three. And if it's, do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, first question. Yeah. And this is for both of you. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Ooh. And be honest. Ooh, fucking hell. All right. Um... Oh man, mine's quite dark. Is it? How dark is it? <laughs> that dark. Probably for me, the worst thing I've ever done: stealing money off my parents to feed my skunk addiction when I was a teenager. <laughs> oh, that is dark. everyone done that. I know everyone does that. It's true. But for me, it's probably the worst thing I've done. Go on, Hugo. Mine was I found when I was younger a mobile phone in the park, and I bit the sim. <laughs> I thought if I bit the SIM card, then the SIM card wouldn't work. And then I could take it home and uh, keep the phone. And then because my mate Ashley was like, you've got to basically break the SIM card, but you can't take it out because otherwise the phone would be blocked. (laughs) So you just use your face. (laughs) Yeah. And I kept the phone and I feel really bad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you be doing if you weren't doing this? That's good. I'm not talking about the podcast, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, stealing money from your parents. <laughs> Still, yeah. Even my mum's stealing off her smoking loads of weed. No, I'm joking. I love you, mum, and I'm sorry for that. And she already knows. Um, <laughs> and um, I guess I'd be—is it cheating to say that I'd, I'd be a musician? No, I'd be a musician of some kind. Maybe, maybe I can't say rapping because it's too similar to what I do do. But uh, I'd be. Yeah. Like, I used to play the drums when I was a kid. Go on, Hugo. I, I don't know. I'd like to say that I'd be doing music, but I'd probably be in a call centre. I reckon. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's the only thing we did do apart from this shit was working call centres. To be fair, so. 
last question so on that line. What's the worst job you ever had? I right, go on, you, Hugo, you start, actually, I can't think. Um, I had a job interview at a will-writing company, and in the interview, I basically lied. They were like, are you good with numbers? And I went, as a joke, have you seen Rain Man? And then the guy went, <laughs> he went, great. <laughs> and then I got employed as an accountant for a will-writing company, and I, I can't really do anything you were like the age of 19 or that yeah and then the the guy in charge went on holiday the day after I started so I was in charge of all the accounts you're in accountant at 19 that is that's depressing though, yeah. isn't it yeah Horrible. I got sacked mine was uh, I worked at uh, I worked at Chesant World Adventures for, for, for a season and um I just picked the wrong fucking department. You know, everyone else, all like the cool people were like on the rides and like chatting to chicks and stuff like that. And I was at the fish and chip shop. Pirate themed fish and chip shop. It's <laughs> amazing. And like the stunk of fucking fish and chips. And, and you weren't even allowed to take any food. And I remember like, it's like stashing chicken nuggets up my sleeve and going into the back room just to eat one and stuff. And that's the highlight of my day, I think. <laughs> but yeah, on that note, um, last question. Charlie Cooper, are you our new best mate? I thought we already were. Perfect. Uh, and that's what we're here. Charlie Cooper. No, I loved it. Thanks for hey. having me. Hey. This is the outro. See you later. And good luck. Stay lucky, boy. Stay lucky, boy. Oh, that was an absolute bloodbath. Love. <laughs> yeah, man. No, he, he was a proper cool guy, though, isn't it? Yeah, he's super safe, man. Yeah, man. Um, no, it's good to have Charlie on. I think you've done really well as well, Hugo. Thank you. And you? He liked you. Yeah. I think, do you think he liked I me? think so, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to stick him on the best friend list, if you are. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, big up, Charlie, for coming on. Um, if you haven't seen it already, well, even if you have, it's layered. Watch it again. Uh, this Country is now on the iPlayer. Uh, I think the whole thing's on there. And... I'd say it's the best comedy to come out of the UK in about the last 10 years. Would you agree? Yeah. 100%. Maybe start a WhatsApp chat with me, you and Charlie, just to nice. carry it on. I felt like... Well, he's our best mate now, so... I felt like good. I had more to give him. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, I, I felt that as well. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'm on that. All right, man. All right, see you later, man. See you in a bit. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.